and welcome to another edition of the Copcast podcast. Um, I'll be your host tonight, Dave Dunning, and to talk about the Reds' curious transfer strategy and everybody kind of losing the plot and heads falling off all over the place. And we'll take a little look at Manchester United this week and we'll take a look at a different top six team um, for the remainder of the close and pre-season. I've got Dave Caron out in Brazil. Dave, how you doing? Hangover's gone, Dave. Uh, we're busy celebrating the win the Cup of America down here. It was quite quite fun. Uh, it's the first time I've ever won anything since I've lived down here. And uh, quite, let's say quite an interesting few days. <laughs> That's nice. I'm sure you're, you've plenty of excuses to party, but sure, another one, another one will make no difference at all. Well, as I say, it was a very slow start to this tournament. I, the first the first night I went to the, the, the bar to watch the game, it was just me. Um, and, and slowly but surely, when the semi-final happened, the, the kind of woke up to it. But the final was fun. It truly was. It was a fun night out afterwards as well. You know, and I'll say this place doesn't have much to, to smile about most of the time, and they're, they're particularly happy at the minute. Good. Well, a happy day is something we don't see very often, so we'll embrace it while it's here. Uh, mm-hmm. Out in Berlin, <laughs> out in Berlin, I've also got uh, Neil Patterson. Chief, how are you doing? Hi, dead on, dead on. Not too bad. Um, just, uh, just kind of enjoying the summer a bit, like um, puzzling over Liverpool at the moment, but at the same time, still sort of basking in the in the European Cup. So, um, all good. And looking forward to having a wee chat. What's the crack with you? Oh, well, thanks for asking, Chief. No, not very much. I'm just back from my holidays. I'm feeling rested and refreshed. Um, I went to London at the weekend, and I'm just going to have a nice time chatting with you two tonight. Excellent, excellent. So, back from Mexico then? Back from Mexico. Horrific travelling circumstances on the way home. But we got there in the end. And it just was, yeah, it's not an experience I would like to go through anytime soon again, 24 hours without any sleep. Actually, it was probably about 36 hours without any sleep by the time like, we got home and didn't want to go to bed at 6 o'clock in the evening, jet lag and all that bullshit. So, yeah, um, aside from that, it was great. But glad to be home, glad to be looking forward to the new season. And same as you, I think... I think some people have forgotten all too quickly that we are the European champions. And every time we see Liverpool walk out under the pitch next season, and no matter what competition it is, they will be the European champions. So, on the talk about the European champions, Chief, it's been quiet. It's been dead quiet. Um, we've had all kinds of weird links that have been poo-pooed and, and discredited by um, everybody from... ITKs to the club itself. Two young signings in, uh, the young Dutch centre-half Vandenberg and this kid from Fulham, Harvey Elliott, both highly sought after by by certainly the, the elite of the elite across Europe. So probably a, a, probably a bigger transfer coup than we, we realise now. But obviously, they're not for the now. So... Where do you see us at the moment, Chief, with this kind of radio silence from the club at the moment? Um, are you nervous that we're not going to see any ins, or do you think that at the moment it's just a matter of time? Yeah, more more the latter, I would say. I mean, it's been a, 
it's been a slow transfer window all around, really. One or two clubs have kind of made a few moves, notably, obviously, Real Madrid in Spain have sort of splashed a bit, uh, but they needed a, a big, big rebuild. Uh, Man United have done a little bit of business, and we'll talk about them in more detail later, I guess. But, um, but yeah, I mean, there have been these, these kind of links that have been quite persistent, but at the same time, uh, not that strong, like with Pepe, for example, um, and one or two others that uh, kind of keep keep buzzing away. From my point of view, as I was saying before, the uh, the pod, I, I just I think it's very inconceivable that, that we won't make a move this summer. There's bound to there's bound to be a move, um, given what happened last season, given how close we were, and given the fact that we are a bit light up top. You're unlikely to go again with no injuries. You've got Salah, Mane, and Firmino all played in the in the close season, or uh, yeah, in the international tournaments. Salah's just finished, uh, so he'll come back and have a wee holiday. And Bobby's just finished, but obviously went all the way in in the tournament. Uh, Sadio Mane's still in the the Afcon, so. Um, you, you'd be doing well not to get an injury, and obviously you don't wish an injury on anyone. You really hope that doesn't happen. You know, um, you'd love to ride that wave, but it's been a couple of seasons where there haven't really been serious injuries to or long, you know, slightly more longer term injuries to, to any of them. So you need a bit of backup. You know, you hear now again that uh, Shakiri's torn his calf, so he's not going to be fit for the start of the season. Apparently, we're already going to be a little bit light at the start of the season. And I just think if we're going to now capitalise on on our success of last season, I'd say we're definitely going to going to um, add to the squad. Um, I think it's you know what do you reckon? I think it's a matter of time. No, I mean you've got these international tournaments that hold things up. You've got this kind of bizarre situation where you know everyone's kind of playing a little bit of a game of Russian roulette in. Uh, or a little bit of a game of chicken, almost, where players know that clubs need them, um, clubs know that other clubs need players, and, you know, you've got things going on with with Griezmann, things going on with Neymar, all kinds of shit that just seems to be getting ready to hit the fan. So I think we're going to see fireworks at some point. Um, Obviously, the English window closes quite early, August the 8th, isn't it? The season starts. That's when the window closes. So, um, you know, things are going to have to heat up at some point soon. But I'm not too concerned at this point. I would be very, very surprised if we're not looking to do any business. I mean, what do you think? Um, I think you're you're right to to touch on the fact that we've got two international tournaments, one ongoing and one that literally just finished. So plus we also had uh, the under the under twenty ones European Championships as well, and there was a lot of high profile players playing that, particularly um, in the likes of the German and the Spanish side. So that's not insignificant by any stretch of the imagination. The other thing as well is, for the first time I can remember, I know we've talked about clubs wanting to do major surgery and so many big clubs looking for like rebuilds, but. I don't ever remember a time where so many clubs have actively been trying to sell players 
like real assets for the sake of they need the cash. And for me, it's a weird one, Chief. I don't know what you guys think, but see, for me, this transfer window almost seems like the peak of the housing market at the moment. And it just seems to me that the bubble in wages and particularly transfer fees has got to burst sometime soon. So do we really know what the value of a player will be in two years' time if we buy somebody for 70 million? Do you ever think the days of transfer fees are coming to an end and we're going to move to that, like, you know, the American baseball and American football, there's no transfer fees, it's all about the contracts. As every year goes by, I see a drift that direction. It's starting to feel that direction. And certainly with the, the amount of American influence and ownership now in, in the Premier League, it, it, it to me it sort of seems a little bit more. And even how like, FSG negotiate their contracts you know, with our crowd, they started doing it very differently um, in, in you know, the enhanced bonuses. Rather than giving them the weekly wage, the, the, the enhanced bonuses along the way for them are, are as much as lucrative as, as the money they're actually getting. And I think FSG has sort of been quite innovative with that. Um, but to me, uh, my view on it would be we seem to creep more towards the And I can honestly see maybe 10, 15 years in the future, transfer fees not existing. You could be right, Dave. I think Arsene Wenger talked about this a few years ago, and, and we're seeing players actively run their contracts down there in order to line their pockets with a few more quid. But ultimately, I think they're still, they're still viable assets. You know, you're talking about people throwing numbers around, like Manchester City squad is has the transfer valuation of a billion pounds and I you know I think there's there's too much money in for the clubs there's too much money in for the players and I think but they've never spent a hundred million on a player Dave come on now that's you're 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 buttering up the wrong way there now <laughs> yeah I know I know you know what I'm trying to say though they, they'll they'll look at that as as collateral they'll look at that as as as, as value um but as I say I don't know, Chief. Do you feel that we're we're coming to a point now where, you know, Madrid are are trying to offload the likes of Asensio for maybe seventy million? They're, you know, um, Barcelona are looking obscene amounts of money for essentially squad players. Malcolm, um, these boys who hardly have kicked the ball. Dembele, who they clearly want out of the club. Coutinho, who they clearly want out of the club. And to me, that strikes of drastic need for cash and them trying to use the market that essentially was set with the Neymar transfer, Dembele transfer, etc. So the market that they've created is now coming back to haunt them. Yeah, I mean, you, you, you could see it like that. Um, it's going to be, it's going to be interesting. I mean, Coutinho, what they they paid what a hundred normally they paid a hundred and forty million or something didn't they for us to us yeah it was around it was about eight, that figure, eighty up yeah. front or something daft like that. I was paying it was eighty something like a, something like a hundred and sixty million euros I think I remember yeah so but a hundred and forty million quid so around like about that I yeah so so that was nuts I mean you look at that now there's no way he was ever worth that <laughs> you know. Um, but, but Neil, this is this is why Neymar was never worth the money either, and this is why these two are being linked as the swap deal. It's the only way to see any value back out of the two of them. 
Yeah, I mean, it, it seems like it's going to happen because it's more of a business deal than it is a football thing, you know, and it will probably probably happen, I guess, if the money men, you know, at the clubs want that to, w- w- want that in any way. And, you know, it is it is coming back to haunt them, I suppose, in a, in a way. But in terms of, in terms of the transfer fees, it's it's interesting. Clubs will 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 try and get the most that they possibly can, but you know how it is. If 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 they do get huge fees, most of them are, most a lot of the money is going to be add-ons. And Neymar, you know, broke all the rules the last time anyway by buying himself out of the contract of Barcelona and going to PSG for some crazy amount of money quarter of a billion or something, wasn't it? And taking them to court as well, Neil, and now on his hands and knees begging to come back. Like, what? Yeah, it, it's it's a bizarre soap opera. It's not really football. I mean, and it's 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 a bit nuts, but it, it unfortunately it does seem to be the it does seem that those are the moves that are going to be the catalysts that start everything off around Europe because everyone's waiting for those to happen. You've got um players not turning up for training now as per when Barcelona get involved. Um, so that's bound to play itself out over the next little while. I mean, Dembele did the same. Coutinho did the same. When they went to Barcelona, they want out, They want to sell them for 100 mil. I don't know who's going to buy them. Uh, I can see I can see PSG taking Coutinho. That, that sort of makes sense. Um, he, it, it probably suits him, that club, a little bit. Um, I, I was watching Julian Leron the other night there and... T- Neil, to be honest with you, from what he's saying, he's pretty well connected. Like, um, he's saying that all parties seem happy. But there's some... What do you call the fullback that came on for Barca? Um, the right back? The young lad? Um, that's what They want him as well. I think that's the stumbling block at the minute. Yeah, well, he looked decent. I mean, whenever he came on. But, um, but yeah, I mean, we'll have to see how that, how that transpires. But, I mean, in general... There's not that much. There's not that much going on. Um, and the, as far as the future story, I mean, you, you said a couple of interesting things, Dave, Karen, about transfer. I mean, about the contract situation. It is. It does seem that uh, FSG and uh, the likes, you know, would give us a bit of an advantage in that situation because of their sports branding and because of their um, kind of reach. In the states, you sort of seen that stuff with Mbappe and, and all that kind of um, you know media stuff and um, dropping things on on um, on Twitter and Instagram and all, all that kind of stuff. I mean, if you think if players are looking at themselves as brands more and more and looking at themselves how they can maximise their you know the the very top stars, how they can maximise their entire earning potential and stuff. Then you know they are going to be looking at at different things in contracts. Their you know their maximum earning potential, how they can reach the biggest audience, how they can sell to the biggest audience, how they can be the most famous at the at their particular you know at moment. So um, so yeah. You know, FSG and their their kind of know how in that in that area might might be a good thing for Liverpool going forward in terms of securing the the top talent. So, Dave, look, it's as was mentioned, it has been it has been quiet. I think 
I think we would all be in agreement that the minimum we would like to see is a front three addition and and a left back. Would that be fair? I'd certainly settle for it. Um, well, one thing that you know you guys were talking about uh, again, Elliot is it the, the, the second kid that came. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I was watching Alfred Rap here um, last night and Rob Gutman, who basically broke that this was a possibility. Um, that this kid's already played in the Premier League at sixteen. He's played in the League Cup at fifteen. Um, yeah. You know, so I'm just wondering: does, does someone like this kid actually fit in? Uh, into the squad straight away. Is he going to be a bench player? Is he going to be an option? Um, certainly the Dutch kid as well. Like, you know, the, they're saying baby Van Dyke. Jesus Christ, he's he's massive. He's near the fucking height of me. Um, twice the width. Um, he, you know, he's, he, he's, he's a young boy, but he's... Twice you know, the width, right? Fucking wouldn't be hard, Dave. Fuck off. Uh, <laughs> but you know what I mean? You remember Rooney at that age. You know, he was the boy in the body of a man. And, and, and this kid looks that to me. And I'm just wondering maybe... You know, are, are these kids going to be included? I, I would certainly expect to see them in the League Cup at, at, at a minimum. But I wouldn't be surprised to see, you know, the way Klopp is and what he did at Dortmund and the way he loves to embrace youth, I wouldn't be surprised to see these kids. Now, if, if that's the case, wonderful. But we still need, as you say, I, I do worry about the front three. As much as I love Big Div and all he did for us last season, I wouldn't put my house on uh, for any amount of time for a prolonged period in the squad. Um you know, not replacing the three that we have. We need something, and we have needed that. Um, you know, uh, we talk about injuries that are going to happen throughout the season. Um, and, you know, we, we have such a such a perfect match front three. Um, it, it takes a special kind of player that's going to even come in and, and, and threaten that. So, you know, you're not talking about a guy coming to the end of his career. You're not talking about, you know, probably a guy at his peak. You're talking... You know, you're, you know, you keep going back to Pepe, Dave, and and I think that that's probably him or somewhere along those lines. You know, one of the next emerging, developing players is going to be a big name. Is, is is what we'll have over this window, and I think that you know, given the whole circus and you know the Griezmann, Barcelona, Neymar uh, trilogy, if you will, and, and the way that that's going round round circles. You know, there's gonna be, there's maybe gonna be a Dembele for sale um, to balance the books. If they get those two players, they are gonna have to balance the books somehow. You know, Coutinho's gonna go obviously in, as part of that deal. It seems to be fairly much the way it's gonna be. They're gonna have to balance the books. And is it that Liverpool are just sitting back waiting for these? And don't get me wrong, there could be an Isco, there could be a, a Asensio, as, as you've alluded to as well, up for sale. And these up for sale means they are being sold, which means we are in a very strong negotiation point. And I, yeah. for that reason, I am not in the slightest bit worried about this window. I think we get one big signing and cover it left back. I think it's going to be a name, Dave. It's funny you say that, Dave, because this was kind of the point I was alluding to earlier on when I said that there's, I've never seen so many clubs actively trying to sell so many players. So what you might see come the end of this transfer window, as opposed to the the stereotypical and cliche panic buy that you'll see, you might actually see clubs panic selling players because they need the cash. They've held out for as long as they can, and it's got to the point before Enter the window Mike closes. Edwards, you know, yeah, <laughs> but basically, you know yeah, basically, it's got to the point where they literally like a fucking eBay transaction they have to take the best offer available before the time runs out. 
And it might be a player being quoted at 70, 75 million ends up going for 40 or 45 million and then as we get closer to the end of the window. As well, Dave, you're missing that. That's where our pool comes into it. European champions teaming the up. Who doesn't want to come to us? Like we've already oh. been offered a Sensio. Um, oh, absolutely. But, but they wanted money. Uh, they were never getting it. But, you know, the second time round, they may have to bite the bullet because they're, 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 there's talk, you know, the talk in Brazil is that it's not Barcelona that the Neymar's going to. They, they seem to be airing pretty strongly on Real Madrid as, as, as strong, if not maybe a stronger possibility. So there's, there's, there's something going to be for sale. And I'm just wondering, you know, like FSG have shown us that they're cute hooers, you know what I mean? They'll sit and they'll wait and they'll bide their time and they're, 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 like, they're like a fucking predator, basically. That's what I'm saying. And if they'll be sniffing around all of this and if there's anything, any scraps to be lifted, I say we lift them. Yeah, well, as you said, Pepe's the one who keeps, keeps cropping up and so much so that the, the Lille owner or managing director fucking somebody, whoever they are, has come out and said that, that Liverpool have been in contact with the player. And I don't see why he would do that if it wasn't true. It doesn't really make any sense to me. I know we've come out and said we have absolutely no interest in the player, but let's be honest, we've heard that from the Liverpool hierarchy a number of occasions before, and it turned out to be complete and utter lies. So I genuinely don't believe anything with regards to transfers that comes out of Anfield or Millwood these days. And I'm, quite, I'm happy enough to, to go along with that. But it may be that it is the African nations holding this transfer up. It might be that, you know, a week after that's finished, we might just go, you know, and, and we might, it might just go bang, bang, Liverpool interested in Pepe, and then the next day it's done. So we'll, we'll wait and see. However, there's another uh, conspiracy theory that's rattling around in my head, Chief, and it's we've seen Liverpool wait for players before. We've seen Liverpool wait for Van Dijk. We've seen Liverpool, rather than go and get the next best option, they want the best option. There's been a lot of chatter around Mbappe. A lot of it. Little stupid links talking about picking Liverpool on computer games, meeting with LeBron James, the potential night kit deal that would link us to him, etc., etc. Is there a possibility in your mind, Chief, that we actually don't do anything this summer at all because all the coffers are being saved up for Mbappe next summer. And we've just decided we're going to take a season to get this absolutely sewn up and we're going to wait and then we're going to blow everybody's fucking mind this time next year. I mean, I th- I'm behind the, the Mbappe thing. That's what I was alluding to earlier with, with the contract thing and, and the stuff on Instagram and all the rest of it, you know, it wouldn't be. It wouldn't. It wouldn't be out of the realms of possibility because you you know you kind of know not by now how FST think and what they what they did with with the Red Sox and stuff after you know finally finally getting to the top um, the investment they've already put in and the way they've shown that they'll back the manager and the way that they you can kind of tell that they um, are. John Henry, anyway, that he likes to, he likes to back a winner, and he likes to be a winner, and he has fun whenever, uh, whenever, you know, his teams are the best, and you know, he, he's he's quite clearly proud to be the Liverpool owner at the moment, and the face of, of of FSG at the club and whatever. So, you know, it could happen. I think I think that could happen, but I still don't think it means we don't sign anybody this season. 
this 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 summer. I, I still think you need some kind of cover because we, we already said Shakiri's going to be missing at the start of the season again. You know, he's not going to have a preseason now. He wasn't doing the job the club really wanted him to be doing last season. There isn't much other cover there. Okay, Ox is coming back. Uh, it, it really depends on you know how how Brewster and and Oxley Chamberlain can show themselves in preseason and 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 whether and he, even if Oxley Chamberlain has a good preseason, how he can actually hold up to a Premier League season and a Champions League season. And, uh, you know how many games can he actually give us? Um, his injury record obviously isn't great. We know that and um, very good player as he was. First, he didn't last that long before getting completely crocked there have got to be question marks there have got to be question marks about you know attacking midfield slash front three it just makes sense to have one more um, and you know Pepe's an interesting one uh, all this we definitely haven't spoken to him we phoned the manager to say we don't want him what a load of crap as if you would phone him to say you don't want them. You would just not say anything if you'd not made contact. No. By, by the way, see that thing that was written in the Daily Star? That's not true. What was that? That quote? Um, no, I'm just saying it's whatever, yeah. whatever yeah, random exactly. fucking Twitter I, fucking yeah. journalist puts some tweet out. We're going to phone up Leal and go here. By the way, see that fucking article in that shitty rag newspaper? Well, that That's not true. Exactly. We're going to take the fucking time and the trouble to do that. It's just, it's just, un, you know, so implausible that that would happen. So it makes sense to me that that we could be after him. He's, he's an interesting one. Seems to be bursting onto the scene. Seems to be exploiting this, you know, just just about to kind of make the step um, to to being really, really good. A lot of goals, scored a lot of penalties, mind you, but a lot of assists as well. I don't know. I've seen him play a couple of times, obviously for the for the. Uh, Ivory Coast now in the AFCON and you know it's difficult to judge the, the standard isn't isn't unfortunately that high the pitches aren't that good conditions aren't that great and whatever but um, it's an interesting one I think there'll be somebody though I mean I just I can't contemplate really the I just don't I don't see Klopp doing it I mean Mbappe next summer by all means and you probably are going to have to you know break the bank to get him but we still can't stand Do you not still. think, you know, I, I, sorry for interrupting you, but but back to the Mbappe thing, do you not think, like, if, if he was available to us and he wanted to come to us, that at this moment in time we couldn't afford him? Because I think, we, I honestly put my hand on the heart I think FSG make it happen. I don't think we need to wait a year. If, if we're waiting the year, I feel it's more to do with, you know, the, the stars aligning rather than to do with the financial. I, yeah, I think it's to do yeah, with the fact that... That's, that, that, that's what I think. It's, that's the only, you know, it's it's like, okay, I'll, you know, give me a season, I want one more season here and then I'll, then I'll come to you kind of thing. I, I don't really see, um, and that's the right time, you know, maybe the progression of our, our team and, and whatever, that, that'll be better for, for everyone, a better fit for everyone. I, I don't think it's a money thing, which is why I don't think that will stand still this season. You know, there's always the potential for injury and there's always the potential to sell somebody on again next summer or somebody else decides they want to move on and whatever. A year's a long time in football. A season is a long time. So I think you, we, we a lot of us thought we were one short going into last season. Turns out we 
probably weren't. We probably got it. We probably did all right, but then we had no cup competitions except for the the one in Europe, obviously, but no no domestic ones. And you know, ultimately, we did fall, unfortunately, unreasonably, one point short. Um, so I mean, I don't know. I just think you don't you don't miss the opportunity then to supplement your, your squad and, and and go again next season. I can I can get on board with that. Chief, or, sorry, Dave. The the other thing here that potentially is is holding up transfers is do you think there's a possibility that Klopp wants to give a fair crack of the whip to you know I think Brewster. I think it's it's fair to say he's highly rated and I think he is very much in Klopp's plans. But you know the likes of the likes of Harry Wilson, Curtis Jones. The left back, Adam Lewis, I think, is his name, and he's also been been touted for for decent things. Um, is there is there a, a potential scenario here where Klopp is saying to himself, "I want to see how far these guys have come on in the last twelve months since I last saw them in a preseason," and that may or may not make my mind up as to whether I feel I need to go out and sign somebody or not. For instance, does he think Nicolas Pepe is that much better than Harry Wilson? Or does he think that Harry Wilson can step in and be that be that player that subsidizes the front well, certainly Salah Armane and chip in with twenty appearances and, and eight goals or whatever? Dave, as much as this kid uh, Brewster is touted as being superb and, and, and whatever I think that's a hell of a lot of responsibility to put on such young shoulders, regardless of how good he is. Um, He's done it with Trent. I, I, kind of a different position. I know it's like, I know fullback in, in, in a club team is is highly specific as a key, but this is different. You know, you're putting pivotal. One might say, Dave. You what? One might say might... the fullback position in Klopp's system is pivotal. You may say that, and I agree, but I'm talking about here, just clearly from a fan expectation, you put a number nine or play in a number nine role, you're expecting to score goals. And, you know, he's a young kid, and it could all go brilliantly for him, but at the same time, he could need to come back out again and take a breather and come back in again. We've seen it many, many times before, and I just don't think, the way Klopp is, I just cannot see him putting that kind of pressure on him um, so soon. Um, I would say... He'd put Origi on before him, uh, and, and as we stand today. But I, I expect to see him, and he's going to have this preseason. He may even get the feature in some of the, the early games, given the fact that uh, with injuries, Manny being away and, and new players coming back slowly. I, I think he's going to get his game time. I think he's going to get his head. He's going to get his chance. Um, it's what he does with that. And I, Dave, of course, he can hit the ground run, surprise us all, be another Michael Owen. Um, you know what I mean? But... How many games realistically, if I say to you, I'm going to throw it back to you, how many games realistically would you personally like to see this kid playing that's not to his detriment, obviously? I suppose, I think from my perspective on the likes of Brewster, maybe not so much Wilson, I think he will want to have a look at Wilson before he makes a decision on, on whether or not I think he wants to delve into the transfer market or not. I think I think Klopp, as much as wanting to be fair with the players, I think it's a really good message to send to not just the academy, but the likes of the young players that we've just signed. And if we are going in and looking to sign like the elite of the elite players aged 15 to 18, then that's 
that's the sort of thing that, that those players want to see and that's the sort of thing that will attract them to a club like Liverpool. Much the way it did with Arsenal 10 years ago. Um, so I think Klopp will, will want to do that. I think he'll want to do it for 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 also for the fact that he he might just have an have an asset there um in, in Wilson for example that maybe has just leapt up a level in the last year with some first team football with Derby and taken on that responsibility with regards to Brewster um there's a lot of big things being said around him you know he he is I mean he was being talked about in, in the same bracket as the likes of Sancho and Foden before he before he got his injury. I think Klopp was intending to, to use him last season, and, and that's um, instant pressure on him as well, Dave. Before he's even kicked a ball, and that's that's the part that you know would, would stick in my head. Well, I think Klopp has this ability with his players to alleviate pressure. Um, you know, I, he, he Chief will be able to, to to tell to tell us better than I will, but. I don't know the number of, of young players that he threw into that sort of environment at Dortmund. I know certainly Goetze at a very young age, 17, am I right in saying that, Chief? Yeah, yeah. Goetze was really young. I mean, there were plenty that, that sort of came through really young. I mean, Royce was, was young when he came through as well. Um, and I think, at the, you know, if he was being talked about in the same breath and on the same level as Jaden Sancho. Sancho's gone to Dortmund and, and he's he's played he's played a lot of football. You know, he's he's made himself a, a first team regular and he's shown what he can do. He scored a lot of goals, made a lot of goals, scored Champions League goals, scored international goals. Um he's done everything really. And Brewster was was on the verge of going to Germany to do the same thing essentially, certainly to start. Um, you know, if you believe all the reports, which you know they've got no reason to, no real reason to lie, so he must have been promised. You know, he must see Jaden Sancho, and you know he, he must have been promised similar kind of thing. You know, the, certainly the chance to be starting games. Um, so if he is that good, then you know, then maybe that is that is Klopp's thinking. Um, but as Dave Carnes sort of says, you know, a lot depends on how he does. He needs to hit the ground running. Um, obviously, people will be patient with him because he's, you know, he's young and people want to see him do well. But, <clears throat> you know, there is a, there is sort of a sense of, do you want to rely on him too much? Is it too much pressure? At the same time, there's, well, if he's going to be one of the best, then he can handle it. And if he can't, then he won't be one of the best. And if he can, then he will. You know, um, the very best do handle the pressure. Um, you know, the very best youngsters. Yeah, the very best. It. The very best thrive under the pressure. Exactly. So, um, if that's what he is, and that's what we need, really, you know, because that's who we'd be looking to sign in that position. One of the very best. So, if that's what he's going to be, then then that's brilliant, uh, and you know, all the you know, all the luck in the world to him. And hopefully that's what it is. But, you know, it is an unknown. And, you know, it is. It, you don't want to be absolutely relying on him. Uh, if, you, if you were to get a situation where, heaven forbid, one of the front three actually was out for the season or for, for four months or something, um, and you needed somebody to play regularly um, in that front three, would, would you, hopefully he's good enough. 
to to rely on if that's all we're left with. Um, obviously, you might have Divock there, but do you want Divi starting for four months every game? Um, so you know they could take it in turns. Who knows? But it's not it's not ideal for, from this standpoint. If we you know still got Lalana too, Chief. Don't forget, like game changer there. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, so I mean, at the end, end of the day. You know, from this standpoint, it's it, it's not ideal. You want somebody else. You know, if you had a body of evidence of of Brewster in the first team even before an injury, you know that he played some games, scored some goals. You, you knew what he was about. That he could hack it. Um, that he would. You know that he was already on his pathway. Then, you know, maybe you could feel a bit more relaxed about it. Not not that there's anything to be worried about at this stage, but I do think we'll definitely make a move in the front three. Okay, so I think from my perspective, I'm a huge believer in that the club uh, purposefully misfeeds information to the press, so I really wouldn't believe anything at all. And Absolutely. I, think I mean, they're, they're brilliant. At, uh, they've been brilliant at misdirecting. I mean, and I don't know why people are still going, ah, sure, well, that's it. Then they've rubbished the rumours. Nothing's, nothing's happening there. It's like that sort of sets red flags going where I am. They've categorically denied this. They've, they've actually come out specifically to deny this. Right, OK, they're probably interested. Yeah, I'm going to be honest with you. When I heard that we had supposedly wrong Lil, <laughs> I was like, I think we're going to buy him. We're going to sign him. <laughs> that was the first the first thought that came into my head. I think we're going to buy him. Because the last time I remember that happening was... Um... But you made the mistake of believing the phone call was made, Dave. I don't believe anything anymore. Um, well, well, but this is it. Is, but is this not? Is this not the great? Is this not the great thing where no one fucking knows what's going on with Liverpool, and that includes, I believe, clubs who would essentially rival us for player signatures. No one knows who we're looking at, and I think in this day and age, where football is so globalized, and you know, we went out and signed those two kids. And, you know, it's obvious that the other big clubs were interested as well. So they've obviously done their homework too. But, you know, it gives you an advantage if people, competitors don't know that you are trying to steal a march on them. And I think we have been brilliant at that the last couple of years. Sure, last season was brilliant. Liverpool have officially ended their interest in Virgil van Dijk. They will make no further attempt to design the player. 1st of January, Virgil van Dijk signs for Liverpool. Do you know what I mean? And everybody yeah. thought, everybody thought, what a fucking mess was made of that. Oh, how embarrassing. How are we going to cope now? And then bang, six months later, we've got the best centre half in the world. And at that time as well, people were calling the figure obscene, 75 million. But we saw value and we predicted where the market was going. And all of a sudden now, 18 months later, Harry fucking Maguire is being touted around the Premier League for 90 million pounds. So, listen, in my opinion, it's a great thing that we don't know anything I think the club will continue to misdirect the press, the public, and their competitors. And everything we've done done right so far, everything's been perfect, particularly on, on the transfer front. And when it comes to the young players, you know, I, I I can't you do well to sell me someone who's done more for bedding young players in to top level elite football sides than Klopp over the last 10 years um, because we've seen a number of superstars um, and a number of careers made from young ages under his watch. And you just need to look at what Trent's doing now. Don't forget, 
they went down there to the 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 under twenty threes and told Trent, "We want you to learn how to play right back." I played mostly everywhere, but want you to specifically learn how to play right back. And you're looking at him now, and you're thinking to yourself, in two years at the most, he's probably the best right back in the world, and he's potentially actually redefined what a fullback does, where he's actually partially a midfielder. So I'm completely confident going into the start of the season, whatever way it looks on paper, I need to trust that, that what's going on behind the scenes has been as effective as, as it has been up to this point. So guys, we'll, we'll leave the Reds there because there's not loads to talk about. Dave, did you want to jump in there before we move on? No, just, uh, you know, you're talking about FSG. For me, Dave, it's, you know, they, they don't finish sentences. You know, it's like the Adam Lallana thing. It's like a new player, but the left out is needed. You know, <laughs> it's like a new signing is needed. And, you know, it's they're saying something, but, the, you know, you know, like when you're talking to someone, you, they're talking shite, and you're, you're talking to yourself in your head, and you're wishing you could say the things. And that's almost what, what FSG do. And I, I love the mind game of it. Um, you know, they used to talk about Fergie and mind games and all that. This is, this is a whole different level. And, and I think they're, you know, you talk about their experiences of losing players. Like we lost a lot of players' signatures to Chelsea. William, prime example, um, you know, over the years. And that must have, you know, you see the way they work now. That must have smarted them something shocking back then. And it'll never happen again. They're now the, like the, the market leaders of this the, this mind fuckery, if you will. Um, I, I just love it. Yeah, it, it's, it's brilliant. And... I know fans get frustrated with it, and I, I understand that to a degree, but I'd far It's all a matter rather... of trust, Dave, and, and it took me an awful long time to, to come around to say that I, I trust their job. And you see if they sign nobody this season, I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt and trust their judgment on it, because they know a lot better than us, and they've brought us this far. Jesus Christ, we're European champions. We The least we can do is whatever they do in this market is back the decision. Yeah, and I don't want to get into the, the whole Spurs debate, but essentially Spurs didn't tell anybody about it last season and they had a better season than they did before. Um, and I know they're sort of coming to the end of a cycle, but I just I don't think not signing anybody is catastrophic by any means. And the likes of the Lalana comments, etc. There's a massive a massive issue with, with supporters underplaying how important the culture of the squad the squad harmony is at Liverpool. And you know, the club is never going to come out and say, we want to get rid of Adam Alana. They're never going to come out and do what Real Madrid go and go, we're trying to move Zed and Zekiri on. They're not going to do that. You know, it's the same with Dejan Love. And I'm sure there's players that they'd love to get off their books, but they're not going to do it because the players all want to feel included and they want to feel inclusive. And, and that, you know, if that, it's the kind of the one bad apple theory. And you don't want that creeping into into the squad dynamic and if you, you mentioned also... you mentioned Lovren and that and you know I'm sure that they've approached Lovren with you know there's been interest obviously from Milan in him and you know I, I'm sure that they've approached that in, in a way to say to him look Dejan you know you realise you're if you want to play first team football that there's an offer for you you know you're more than welcome to stay here but you know you're going to be fourth choice you're going to you know your games are going to be few and far between they depends on injury they depend on this depends on that um, you know, as long as you're happy with that, we're happy to have you. But here's an offer for you. And I think that's the way as yeah, opposed to I, get the fuck out sort of thing, you know. That's truth. That's, that's the truth. But at the same time, Chief, you know, the, the meritocracy that you often talk about has a part to play here, which is maybe detrimental, where players like Govern Lalana still feel that they're capable of staking a, claim, staking a claim for a first team place, much like Madup did last year, and working their way into having a consistent running the team and contribution to whatever we end up with at the end of the season. 
Yeah, but I mean, when when it comes down, the club is also ruthless. When he when he kind of has to be and he needs to be, and he feels that he's he's moving the team forward. I mean, you can sort of see that in his decisions there. When and in the transfers, when when the moves are made, they're decisive. Uh, it's not it doesn't take long between you know the beginnings of a rumor and and sort of the the final uh, signature. Thing things happen fast. The likes of Lallana, for example, he's, he's probably, he probably will get a few games. He got a few games last season, even though he was barely fit uh, for any of it. Um, and if he is still around, he'll still get the odd game, I'm sure. But it doesn't mean that uh, we won't invest. Uh, we won't strengthen. Uh, I, you know, I, I agree. If we don't, then it's definitely not the end of the world. Um, having said that, I think that you know we, we probably will. I think yeah, I think Dave's right. There's there's just that uh, little bit of a level of double speak with with what comes out with FSG and stuff, and uh, you know we're not going to make any moves and have Lalan as like a new player and all that kind of stuff. Well, we do. We are in a position where we have some players who, for one reason or another, whether it was injury or uh, or just settling in and stuff, didn't you know weren't at their peak last season. Obviously. Fabinho was was very good, but we'll probably expect more in his second season. We we'll certainly expect more from from Kaida. He 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 could kind of explode onto the scene a little bit. Oxley Chamberlain was out for the whole season, so you know he's coming in. But they're not in the front three. That's something where we'll where we'll look to to go on. Yeah, we have. So what we'll do is we'll we're we're going to do a bit of a, a segment on the on the rest of. The- the top six over the next few weeks is to take us up to the start of the season, and because it's really easy and loads of fun, we're gonna we're gonna kick things off with with Manchester United. So, Dave, I'll start with you. Um, I'm gonna break this down into into a few segments. So, first and foremost, with regards to Manchester United, what is your view on their current squad and transfers? Mm-hmm. My first thought is they pay them an exorbitant amount of money, even by football standards. But that will come on to that. <laughs> um, they are, Dave. I, I said to you pre-pod there, and it gives me no pleasure in saying it. United are fucked. They are fucked, and I hate to say that because I love beating them when they're strong. You know what I mean? And and like they could they could implode this season. You, you know they've got. A, there's no doubt about it. I, I like Wambasaka. I really do as a player. I think he's a pr- pretty good uh, defensive fullback. Um, he maybe has a bit to go going forward, but I, I like him defensively, and he'll improve them. Um, and that speaks volumes in itself, Dave. That that improves them. But then you've got to start to factoring in of what's going to go. You know, as they stand today, uh, right? You know, Raiola has come out. It's as clear as fucking day. Pogba's going. Um, and then we're into how we spend that money. And, uh, well, maybe the question should be, how can we spend that money? Who is going to want to come at this critical stage of a, such a large rebuild? Um, you know, you're not talking a team here that fell from grace last season or the season before. We've had seven years of this now. Um, you know, it's, 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 it's a long time in football, seven seasons without really... You know, wagging your tail, and they haven't. You know, they were second uh, season before last, but they were never fucking winning. Um, it's a very good point, Dave. It's it's two top four finishes in seven years, and if we're thinking about 
you know, players coming through now, the 21, the 22-year-olds, they were 14 or 15. The last yeah. time Manchester United were seriously challenging. You, you used to say the same about us, Dave, about attracting players. You know, these young kids don't remember their glory days and shit like that. And, you know, to, to a degree, that, I, that used to burn me alive, but it's true. Um, you know, because we were in the fucking pits of hell at that stage, you know, and we couldn't get out of it. And, uh, you know, to, to that degree, I, you know, look, there are probably our biggest rivals along with Everton. And, you know, you, you always want to beat a strong Manchester United. And if I cast my mind forward five years, uh, you know, it, it's what they're going to be able to bring in. It's what their, their, their stature at this moment in time, and I've mentioned those seven years, um, allows their name will always, like ours did, uh, will always stand the test of time. But you know what? Are, what are they going to get? Are they're going to get. The, they're not. Are they going to get the next best thing? Even you know, you're going to talk about maybe boys leaving uh, the likes of Barcelona, Real Madrid. They're on the clock down. You know, not a Bastian Schweinsteiger deal, something like that. Um, you know, coming for the big bucks. Uh, are, are they, you know, they've done it all before. Uh, you know, or do they go the full youth um, rebuild? But like, look, this is where it all falls apart as well because they don't actually seem to have a plan in place. You know, we'll copy a bit of Liverpool, we'll copy a bit of this, and we'll copy a bit of that. And we'll, but but at the end of the day, it's the same old bullshit, you know, going round and round in circles. And yeah, look, they'll get players who will improve them. But as much as Pogba's been absolutely dreadful for them last season, a few good games, don't get me wrong. You know, it's... The stats are a player that they're going to lose there. Um, it, again, it sends its own message out to, to potential signings. You know, well, oh, fuck the lost Pogba. You know, a bit like we lost Torres. You know, we lost Suarez. Uh, you know, it, it, it sends a negative sort of image out of, of the club. And again, when, when you're batting on, on seven years without really making a challenge for a, for a title, it's not, it's not a good place to find themselves. And... Look, we're we're going to get a giggle. I would say out of what to buy. I really do. I think I think it'll be a fucking giggle fest, honestly. Um, but in all seriousness, it, you know, they, they used to be United fans, and I used to wonder whether they were actually genuine. And said, "Gives us no pleasure to see Liverpool fall so far." You know, for the same reasons that they love the rivalry, and I love the rivalry, and I think they're in real, real, real deep shit. Yeah, I can't disagree with that, and I think we'll go into dissecting that a little bit more over the next. Next few minutes. Um, Tate, with regards to their squad, you know, Dave makes a good point there. Pogba looks as though he's on his way. There's not really, there's not, aside from him, if he goes, there's not really anything close to a superstar name in that squad. Like, not anything close to that. Not anything close to, a, you know, the likes of a Salah. Ashford? <laughs> you know, you're talking a Salah, <laughs> Mane, a Van Dijk, um, even an Allison. At- you're probably looking at the hair, aren't you? I suppose you are. Yeah. And we you know, know where his form's gone. So you know exactly. he's, not, he's not where he was. No, so there's a there's a there's and, a there's and a does mo- does this big contract make him happy, Dave? Does that make him happy in his playing environment? Well I don't think so. Well I suppose we'll have to we'll suppose we'll have to wait and see. But Chief, there's there's obviously work to be done there, but how much work do you think there is to be done and, and how capable do you think Man United are of plugging the gaps? I think with, I, I, with regard to the squad, I mean, I agree with Dave. I think they're in in trouble. I think you know they're in big trouble because you know Dave touched on it as well. It's a little bit of this, it's a little bit of that. There's no real plan, so 
Do you lose Pogba tickets for an example? So Mourinho played Pogba as a holding midfielder, essentially. Um, Solskjaer was playing a more advanced. So what are you what are you losing if you lose Pogba? You're losing an attacking midfielder, you're losing a box of box midfielder, you're losing a defensive midfielder. So who are you replacing him with? What kind of player are you replacing him with? You buy him Wamba Saka, okay. Again, you know, he's caught the eye a good few times. He's he's a good young defender, there's no getting away from that. But Dave Wright, he said he's he's no good going forward. He's not um he's not brilliant tearing down the wing. He he doesn't have a good final ball necessarily. He's not terrible, but he's not he's not top quality. I'm, I'm sure he can develop that, Neil. I wasn't. I, mean, I, I think he's got the the potential to develop well, the, uh, the attack inside of his game. At the moment, his defensive side is perfect. But he's a he's a Palace defender. He's used to being on the back foot. Used to defending deep. Used to you know playing on the break a few times in a game. Let's be honest. He's been playing for Roy Hodgson's Palace, and that's where he's shone. So, I mean, it's a different kettle of fish playing for Man United. So, what kind of defender are they, are they buying? What kind of right-back are they buying? Are they thinking it through? Are they are they, are they going to try and play on the break next season? Or is Wan-Bissaka going to have to try and, you know, keep penetrating down the right? Is that going to work for them? I don't know. Do they know? I don't think they do. You know, I don't think there's any real joined-up thinking going on there and while they might be buying a good player is he the right player for them well only time will tell if they lose in Pogba well there's this story I mean the Bruno Fernandes thing might I mean do, do, that, he, that he's been quite strongly linked with them hasn't he quite a few times and if they're losing an attacking midfielder that might be the one that maybe they can get because you know he plays doesn't he play for Sporting Lisbon is that right, Bruno? Yeah, Fernandez? yeah, that's right. But at the same time, Chief, you know, we can talk about Pogba all day long. They've also lost Herrera, who I think was probably more effective in what he did than Pogba was last year. Manitz is another year older too. So is an attacking yeah, midfielder really the right Lukaku's priority? Let's forget Lukaku for a minute. But if they lose Pogba, right? Whether he was bad or good for them last season, he still contributed to a lot of their goals. So they're losing goals and assists there. So who's scoring for them? Who's Maric isn't scoring. Herrera isn't scoring. None of them are scoring goals. And were scoring goals. So they're losing goals from a team that didn't score many. <laughs> so you see what I mean? There are problems Maybe everywhere. Maybe Wan-Bissaka will be on the back foot the whole season. Neil, do you ever think that? <laughs> Well, there is that. I mean, and I think what you said is is really interesting in that they could implode. It really depends what they do with, I think, with Solskjaer. Neil, it's the lack of planning. It's the lack of planning that leads me. There's just nothing there. They may implode. Yeah, they're getting worse and worse. You know, as you say, if the caliber player, if Pogba goes, who are they left with? Who's, Who's there? It's getting getting worse and worse. Who are they attracting? Do they attract a Bruno Fernandes? Maybe they do because he's coming from Sporting Lisbon. They have the links there from the Ronaldo thing in the past. And, you know, it's going to be a big step up for him in ter- terms of wages and terms of, you know, stage. So maybe he goes there. But the second he gets there, he'd never, 
never set foot on the plane, you know, never, never, never boarded it, never, never even contemplated because they're rudderless. But and I think that message is out there as well, Neil. I think players know that. I, I, you know, like United are a club that's always in the news. You couldn't, you, I don't care what nationality, or you couldn't fail to notice the decline of Manchester United. This is it. So, I mean, the, the question is what happens? Solskjaer lost the last, what he, it was something ridiculous. I mean, I'm going to get my stats wrong here, but he lost something like nine of the last 11 games or something. It was ridiculous. That's I mean, not far off. It, it was that bad, yep. I mean, they ended up getting beat, but what, who they got beat by Cardiff at home on the last day? Something ridiculous. Yeah, I think they dropped dropped points at Huddersfield like the week before that as well. And, and they, they need just, top four this season as well because all just, their sponsorships get fucked if they don't if they go two seasons without Champions League football. If absolutely. I'm correct, but they just come. Yeah, that's right. And, and but they just completely gave up. They just completely stopped playing. They, they just got up. They just. So there's no the, the, there's no spirit in that squad. There's no morale in that squad. There's no fight in that squad. There's no level of loyalty or commitment to the manager in that squad as it currently stands. They're not going to be able to buy an entirely new squad. So things are already toxic. If they stick with Ole for any longer than the end of fucking August, you know, what happens if they start? So they, they've given him the job. Eight games before, ten games before the end of the season, he's then gone and lost eight of the ten of them, or whatever it is. Then he starts next season. Say they, they, you know, they've got quite an easy opening. I think I'm, I'm not 100 percent sure, but whatever happens, say they start pretty poorly and they only get a couple of draws. And just say first six games, they've got one win, three defeats, two draws. What do they do then? And if they're sacking Ole, then. Which they're going to have to. That little play it that there's no two ways about it. There's going to be a major, major shift of players in and out of Manchester United um, over the summer, and that's going to need. We all know when you when you do major surgery on a squad, it takes a settling in period. And you'll get that. The the beauty of it is we will get that from them. But you don't do it with Oleg Gunnar Solskjaer at the helm if you're going to do major surgery. You well, don't, you this, don't is the, get, this is the bed they've made for themselves and they're going to have to lie in it. But what little do they know by doing that, the decline and the rot continues. But but they're tied by, by the surgery that they're going to do in this window and the potentially, you know, the first team starters. You could be looking at five, maybe six new players in starting positions. You and that, be, you know yourself, bedding that in is not easy. You could be, yeah, but that's what I mean. But whether they manage to do that, I'm skeptical over whether they manage to do that. And if they do manage to do it, I'm skeptical as to the actual caliber of, of player that they're going to end up with. But they could be in big trouble because I, I think they're, they're just they're clutching at straws. And as you alluded to at the beginning, there is no there's no clear plan. They're trying a little bit of this and a little bit of that, but they're copying from other people. And and they're they don't really understand what they're doing. There's no direction. There's no cohesion, coherence, and they could be in big trouble because the manager is clueless. There's already rot in the dressing room in terms of morale. There just seems to be everything wrong with them at the moment. And yeah, I don't mind. It, it does give me quite a lot of pleasure actually. I'm, I don't feel sorry for them. Um, they gloated over us for fucking years. So um, you know, long may this continue. No, I mean, I got much more satisfaction out of beating them, to be honest with you. <laughs> I'm, I'm I don't get, to see, to be honest, I, don't give a, I couldn't give a fuck if, I couldn't give a fuck if they were League 2 and they were hamming them 10. I'd get just as much satisfaction out of it as if they were a point behind us. 
So, Dave, I, I know you touched on it before. We've gone over the squad. I think it does need massive surgery. With that comes its own risks. There's doesn't seem to be. It all seems a bit. It all this all seems a bit Liverpool when Kenny come back to me, where you bring back someone who gets the club, who the fans have an instant connection and affinity with. That gives everybody a lift. You know, we were buying Danny Wilsons and Stuart Downings and Andy Carrolls, and they've just gone out, gone out and bought Daniel a Daniel James and a Juan Bissaka, and it's all, it's all a bit. Yeah, it's all it's, a bit second rate. It's yeah, it's it's all a bit ten years ago, and I can't begin to describe how more advanced and um, strategic and calculated football. And the running of a football club at that top level has become since then. So, um, I, 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 I still have the marketing side working for them, Dave, and that's saving them. But as I alluded to there a few minutes ago, two seasons without Champions League, and that starts wobbling as well. And that's where the implosion happens. Okay, so the marketing side is fine and that's grand. And what that's able to do, and we're, we're going to come on this now, even though you're keen to talk about this, all that marketing side does is facilitate them to continue to blow massive amounts of money on players that don't work and have what was, for the last two seasons, the highest wage bill in the Premier League. You know, they finished sixth last season and got to the quarter final of the Champions League somehow stumbled their way to the quarter final no real challenge in either of the cup competitions and they had the high no star players aside from Punk but we're talking about here and they had the highest wage in the Premier League so Dave like how much how much how much longer do you think a club performer at that level can go on with that kind of outlay. And let's be honest, what we've discussed are bog standard average players, which are unlikely to deliver trophies anytime soon. Well, Dave, like you only need to look in the mirror to be honest with you. You know, Andy Carroll, um, Joe Cole. You know, we're we're not without sin in this direction ourselves. We have experience of it. Well, that's um, what I mean. But we we've made these mistakes, and you yeah. thought that a club would look at that and go, but "Well, Dave, you know, it, that they didn't are victims. Work. They're victims of where they find themselves of the, of their own stature at, at this moment in time, and we know all too well. We, you know, I alluded to losing William as well to Chelsea at that time. We lost Salah the first time around to Chelsea as well. You know, you're going to have. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if Liverpool wipe their eye a couple of times in the transfer market to think they're going to get someone, uh, and we do so in the next few years. I wouldn't be surprised at that, just to keep them from to keep them down, sort of thing. Um, uh, you know, it's, it's, they find themselves in a whole new world in the Premier League. Um, you know, of, of of having to actually chase because the whole Premier League era for them has been defined by success. Certainly, the football league era leading into it was was pretty mediocre for them. Uh, and they're, 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 I would actually put them lower than that at the moment and, and where they're standing. Um, you know, they always had their history, like ourselves. There'll always be a name. But you you get in those people in, and, and as you say, they're all going to be second rate. Um, they can, and they are in the luxurious position that they are. their finances are wonderful, which means that they can sort of pick up the marks, if you will, uh, the mercenaries out there um, who'll come for the payday. And there'll be names, no doubt about it, but... 
whether their commitment to the cause will be um, worth their worth their price tag. That that will be will remain the question because you're you're talking maybe boys here coming towards the end rather than you know on the up. No doubt, no doubt. Somewhere along the line, they'll pick up a decent player. There's there's no two ways about it. They will, but it'll take more than one player. You know, you, I look at their squad and I, you you sort of look at it and go, they probably need about you know I said it before about six starters. Uh, first team starters for for the season coming. Um, I'll say you know they could lose more players. I mentioned Lukaku who seems pretty definite to be going. I saw a hilarious headline today that the players seem to think that Ole Gunnar Solskjaer still has it to play up front for them. So that should give you an idea where they stand, Dave. Yeah, I'm not optimistic for them to be honest. Sad to say, I know we've touched on. We've touched on the state of the squad. The manager, I think, you're absolutely right. I, I find it absolutely crazy that a team the size of Manchester United would, regardless of what his playing history is, sign a manager with an allocated transfer budget of probably three hundred million once Pogba sold and Lukaku in the most competitive league in the world was brought in from the Norwegian league. It's absolutely fucking mental to me. Um, I am very much with you that there's a serious issue here with the manager. The, the, that's going to have a knock-on effect to the, the the recruitment and the squad because essentially I still think they're working from a structure from the 1980s when Ferguson did probably the work of what in a modern football club five or six people, five or six key leaders would do and they haven't adjusted yet and there's no joined up thinking there at all. What, where, where realistically do you think they go from here and where, and where, do, you fin- where do you think they end up next season? I'm talking league position, I'm talking potential trophies, whatever. Well, I think I don't see any trophies whatsoever for them. And the question of league position for me really depends on on how quickly they um, get rid of, of Ole, 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 Ole. Because um, you're absolutely right. They've essentially got a, an amateur manager um, running a professional club at the, at the very top level. And not only that, He's not helped out by what you've just said there, the the, the structure that's around him. You know, the, as I said before, the rot's already set in. You know, it's not like, you know, with, with, with Kenny, we finished the season well. We did, you know, Maxi Rodriguez got a hat-trick against Fulham, you remember? We, we, we finished the season really, really well. Yeah, we had a couple of defeats along the way, but generally it was a real feel-good factor. United had yeah, that. but I think ultimate, ultimately we finished about seventh, did we not? Yeah, well, but it wasn't about that because he rescued us from from where we were almost in the relegation zone under Hodgson. So, like, it was a pretty barnstorming run. Then we lost a few games and then we, we finished quite strongly because we had a couple of sort of big wins. But it was a feel-good factor and everyone sort of went, yeah, okay, Kenny will stay because he's done well. You know, we qualified for... Um, Pretty sure we qualified. Maybe, didn't we qualify for the Europa League? Yeah, but I think he, I think here's the other parallel there. Um, did Torres left? Torres left during that watch, didn't he? Yeah, Torres left in January. And Hodgson, is- Hodgson went sort of December, and 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 um, Torres went January, didn't he? Yeah, he did. We bought we bought Suarez and and Carroll with the money. Yeah. And this so, is very similar to United splashing out this 
money on these kind of vaguely scouted players. And Sean Longstaff's another one who's probably played about 12 Premier League matches who they're supposedly going to spend £50 million on. And again, that's very much us getting rid of what was really our last, aside from Gerrard, obviously, but our last star player and going on this transfer splurge of what we thought was a good idea, but actually turned out that it wasn't that much of a good idea at all. Yeah, the Stuart Downings and the Andy Carrolls. And- yeah, and it just, just, again, there's that parallel of the, where Pogba is really the last star name there, aside from De Gea. Yeah, um, I mean, that's that's really fair. I mean, you're absolutely right, those parallels do exist. The, the one difference, though, is that I think they're they're starting also from a position of even further down because the rot has already set in. They've already lost. Yeah, it's been a much it's been a much more rapid decline. Yeah, they had a good start. He won eight games in a row, and I think he won two after that, something like that. You know, and they, as I alluded to, they lost loads. So you know, major surgery. The kind of players they're going after kind of manager he is at the standard that he is, they're in big trouble because their fans aren't going to tolerate the kind of results I'm expecting them to post. Um, Here, here's think, a question, Neil. I'm dying to ask you this. So, going to, I want to go off on a tangent and ask Neil this question. Do, do you think that Chelsea appointing um, Lampard is as big a risk as what um, United did with Solskjaer? No. Not at all. I don't think it's even in the same ball. I don't think it's even in the same ballpark. But at the same time, I I think I mean Solskjaer's been plucked from obscurity. He had he had a job in in, in England. He managed Cardiff. He got them relegated. He was absolutely awful. He's not really been seen since. He was in Norway. He was doing fine there. But I mean the Norwegian league. Come on, it's you know is it even as good as the Scottish league? Probably not. At the end, you know, when it, when it all boils down, he's been plucked from there to suddenly being a Champions League manager, suddenly be fighting for the Premier League, managing Paul Pogba, like 100 million pound players. Give me a break. No chance. You know, he's 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 been found out. He's 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 been a, a bit of a fall guy. He's a bit of a puppet kind of up there. I sort of feel a bit sorry for him because he's going to get humiliated next season, you know, managing a team like United because... They are lost. They're broken behind the scenes. We've talked about it up and down. They're broken from the top down. The core is absolutely rotten, both on the pitch and off the pitch. And, you know, they can buy whatever players they want. They're not going to be able to put them together in a, in a cohesive unit. They're not going to get them playing for the club, for the ethos, because nobody working there knows what the ethos of that club actually is, except perhaps Solskjaer, but he's the least qualified to do the job he's actually doing. That's that's that that's absolutely spot on. So comprehensive. Where, where you, yeah. So <laughs> where, where do you think they finish next year, Chief? I think they're doing very very well. They're finishing the top six. If they're finishing in the top six, it's because they've massively restructured the whole club. I think they could finish in the bottom half. Oh, oh, Chief. That's. I agree with him, Dave. I I, okay. I, I agree with him. All I right. really do. Okay. It, do you know? Do you know what? I, I fancy Leicester for for. I fancy Wolves and Leicester to displace them in the top. Okay, yeah. so so yeah. Uh, listen, I get see that 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 element. I don't disagree. I fa- I think Leicester look 
I think Leicester look great. I think everything they've done has been so smart. And that that's a football club being run really, really well at the moment. I think they've we clearly have all... they've clearly taken the transfer responsibility away from Brendan. And if they get big money from Maguire, you kind of think these guys are, these guys could be in business. Like let's not forget they won the Premier League not so long ago. Hey, listen, um, do you know what, Dave? There's there's nothing to say here that that Rogers hasn't seen the error of his ways and, and walked into Leicester thinking, I know what went wrong at Liverpool. I know I wanted to be fucking King Dick and wanted to do everything. And he actually... was King Dick, but, but it was King Dick who tried to play football, and that's to his credit. And, and he'll do the same at Leicester. And that's why I yeah. fancy them. But what I mean is, he can concentrate and will concentrate on the coaching and the football and let the guys who know what they're doing bring in the players to suit his style. And there looks like there's a real, real fucking tight strategy at Leicester at the minute. They've got a really strong youth policy and they're they're buying the same kind of profile of players that's probably probably the level before we're trying to buy them, if that makes sense. Probably that 20, 21-year-old that's going to get to another long, level. Long, long fingers yeah. what you're talking about, Dave. Ab- absolutely. You know, you're, you're in DDs, you're Madisons, you're um, you know, Chilwell. For, don't forget we were linked heavily with him and now we know why. Um, Maguire's another one. Damari Gray. They've bought Tielemans. Who's the other one they've bought? Iosi Perez. Jury's Perez. out in him. Tielemans is a great player. Jury's out in Perez for me. But, you know, there's there's loads, there's loads of good stuff going on there. I think you're right, Chief. I think West Ham, or, sorry, Wolves could certainly force their way into the top six. I think West Ham could potentially force their way into the top I, six. A big call, Dave. I, I have I, a little feeling that this is rather than be, I, I can see why the parallels are drawn with, with Kenny, and I was doing that at the beginning of the Solskjaer thing because because you would. He's an ex player. He came in. He an ex hero. He, he uh, you know, he's a club hero. Sorry, steadied the ship, got some wins on the board, came in, sorted things out. But I think the more you look at, it, I think uh, United are heading for their Hudson era. And whether it's Solskjaer or whoever comes after the, the kind of players they're looking at, what happened? You know, you just see what happened to Liverpool under Hudson. We weren't just we had we had the players to be better, although we had some shit players. But we had the players to be better than, than the position we were to be turning better results than we were turning in. But because everything was wrong, everything was wrong off the pitch. The cloud. The, there was a black cloud over I, the whole club, Yeah, the whole thing. Chief, I think that's a, I think that's a really good parallel. Rather than, are you trying to draw parallels with the ownership as opposed to with the manager? Because that makes sense to me. Yeah, you know the ownership, the the, the core of, of of the club, the the feeling that every that the identity had been lost. Everything almost. had been eroded away, nearly. Exactly, and I think that's where United are at this point, or certainly where they're heading towards, like. And I think when a big club, a proper club, has something like that going on, you know, their results suffer a lot more than, than you know, a club that, that doesn't have that sort of weight of history and pressure and expectation over them. And you saw us. I mean, we, we were shocking that season. I mean, we were absolutely shocking. And I can see United having a, a similar type run. I can see them sort of thinking... You know, they're, they're sort of kidding themselves, trying to kid themselves at the moment. Oh, yeah, you know, things are all right. You know, we just kind of peeled off at the end of the season. But, you know, new season coming up. Solskjaer's, you know, in, in situ. We're, we're signing some young, hungry players, in inverted commas. You know, new strategy. 
could go tits up very, very quickly. Yeah, I think the young, hungry players is great if you have, you know, if you've got Roy Keane or Nemanja Vidic or Teddy Sheringham or a Paul Scholes in there, but you, you don't have somebody, any. you got somebody other than the keeper and the entire team that you could hang your hat on. There's yeah, you, no, not one. No, there's no leader. Your best no, player's your keeper who has the most minimal influence in the game, really. And uh, let's absolutely. be honest. Let's be honest. Whose form has fallen off a cliff? And you've got absolutely you've cannot, got no cannot single-handedly win you games anyway. It's just not not possible. No, you've got no you've got no inspirational. And I know this is so fucking cliche, and people have been talking about this for Arsenal for years. But you genuinely have no experienced leaders on that pitch at all. None. No. You're absolutely look what, right. Look what happened to us for the lack of them, Dave. You know what I mean? For so many years, we had, you know, you, you Gerard dra- having to drag the rest of them by the scruff of the neck, and they didn't yeah. have that. Yeah, well, that, that's exactly it, it Dave. We had Stephen Gerrard and we had Jamie Carragher who dragged that team through a fucking generation. And every now and again, because of those two, you had the likes of your Torreses and your Xavi Alonso showing up. You don't have, you could even throw Sammy Hippie into that, into that mix, but. There is no one at Manchester United like that now. Like, absolutely no one. And hasn't been, you can maybe say, Ibrahimovic. And, you know, they went there and they won trophies when they shouldn't have when he was there. But you have absolutely nobody at that club. Whereas you look at us, and just to finish on us, we have, we've, we've captains all over the park. You know, Van Dijk's the captain of Holland. Robertson is the captain of Scotland. Fabinho was the captain of Monaco. James Milner has certainly captained Aston Villa, I'm sure. You have leaders absolutely everywhere on that pitch. Salah and Mane, I think, are both both captains of their respective nations. You know, you've you've leaders everywhere. You've Jordan Henderson as well, who captains England and has captained England. And United don't have one of those players. Not one. And we literally have them coming out our ears at the minute. And for me, that's a, regardless of quality, that's a massive difference, especially when you're trying to, as what Klopp is trying to do, and we've talked about, and what Solskjaer is probably just folly trying to do now, introduce younger players into that environment. And they have, you might call Rashford experienced. Lingard's 27. He hasn't even experienced and You can see how, by his behaviour. But I don't know, guys, would you agree with me that that, that is an issue which and United as a whole is you, you talked Nate Chief about you know until Solskjaer goes but this isn't something that can be solved in six months or a year or maybe even two really years think, do you really think they well, can sack Solskjaer that quick us. even what happened with us was it was a change of, of owners it literally took the club having to be bought by and it literally took the club to nearly having to go bankrupt well that's to be dissolved that was going to happen anyway. So luckily we were bought, you know, and it, and it took it took a completely new management structure and set of people, and it's taken years to write those those problems and get rid of that. Once that's set in, and make no mistake, it has set in at United. It's been years now since they were good, properly good. They yeah. papered for it like we did with a few with this cup and that cup and whatever, but they haven't been really in the conversation for nearly a decade. That's a long time, given that they won, what was it, 16 out of 18 leagues or something stupid, or 18 out of 22 or something. 
Anyway, they won loads. They're 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 in big trouble. They they needed they they the Glazers. All right, we you talk about they're they're in a financial position for this and that, but as far as I know, the club is actually in masses of debt. Like the 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 Glazers, you know, put leverage their debt against it. Much like Hicks they and Gillette. They service the debt. That's basically what the way it's they pay the, they pay their service. interest. Basically, what they do is they pay their interest, but the debt remains. Yeah, the, debt the debt is, is the debt is is held against the collateral of what the ah, market so value like of the club in, is. Interest only mortgage, Dave. That kind of thing. Basically, yeah. yes. So, so then the, you know the, that's not that healthy. Um, I don't know. There's no talk of anyone being interested in buying Man United. There's no talk of the Glazers being interested in selling Man United. Well, this I is the thing as well, Chief. If you were to go and buy Manchester United, how much would that cost? Like that, like that. For me, at this point in time, what they would value the club at, and the the level that the club is currently operating at, and if you factor in all of this data that people are looking at these days, that well, like, Dave, they're on like, the stock market. They're floated. The, so their their value is dictated by the stock market. Exactly, but actually, if you look underneath that, if you look underneath the share price. What's it, at, what's it actually worth, which is much less than you'd have to pay, probably? Like, Take it from the point of the sponsorship and all that sort of thing. That will play, pay, and the revenue will play a massive impact on that share price. But let's be honest, if that club continues to fail to be represented in the Champions League, those sponsors will dwindle and dwindle and dwindle and dwindle. And anybody who's looking... At Manchester United, and the well, ease, the ease of of managing that loan, Dave, managing the interest in that loan becomes more difficult. I would say absolutely. They'll, they'll be well, like. well, the question will be really, and this it will boil down to this because I don't see the Glazers being quick enough to cotton on. I think it will boil down to the fans, and I think it will boil down to the fans engineering some kind of a move, a change in ownership, because otherwise I don't see how how things change. But now they've been protesting for God knows how many years. They've been fucking running around with Irish scars. No, they, and all needed, sorts and no, they, they need nowhere. to do something. They Actually, need to do something significant. They, like we, like we, fucking twenty thousand people walked out of Anfield because of a ticket price. It do you know needs, what I mean? It needs to happen because otherwise, United, it, it will dwindle away. It it happens like that. You know, Liverpool are lucky. We're unlucky. We're lucky. Whatever. We we people lament we didn't catch on we didn't follow the moving times in football we, but at the same time we 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 were we were crap in inverted commas at a time when there weren't that many good teams and we managed to sort of hang in there and it was only really towards the end of our non-winning the title years that we started to fall away a bit further as the other teams. The Chelsea's, the City's got injections of cash, and we, you know, we started to feel the heat a bit after after a while of of kind of overachieving under Rafa. And luckily, you know, we we were bought, but luckily we had Hexagenet. Luckily that led us to FSG, and now we're in the position we're in, which is probably in ruder financial health than we've ever been at any point in the Premier League era, I would imagine. You know, United or not, they don't have that luxury. They're getting shit in a time where there are more good clubs and they're not going to get the Champions League regularly if, if they don't improve. There are definitely four teams in the country better than them. And as I was saying earlier, I would not be surprised if they finished in the bottom half next season. And if they don't arrest that 
really, really quickly, they're going to find themselves sliding into serious trouble in terms of finance, in terms of who they're going to track, in terms of the revenue. They need to be really lucky in the transfer market to dig out a few gems, and I just can't see it. Well, the stand, the st- well, let's be honest, guys. What? Let's be honest. Their, their strike rate in the transfer market over the last five years, if they, if they continue to repeat that trend, then there's nothing that says to me that they've taken a different approach. And we've talked about this in the past. Liverpool are scouting players for two to three years before they go and sign them. That's the level of detail. Two and a half years, Firmino was scouted before we signed him. You know, that's the level of detail we go into. I just I don't see that at Manchester United, and that that's you know that's borne itself out in their strike rate and transfers, and I can't see that it's any different now based on the the signings that they've made. They're literally they're literally the next big thing as far as the back page of the fucking Guardian's concerned. You can write all the newspaper columns that you want. You can't you know they talk about arresting this and stopping it. I think it's. I think the snowball's grown too big already, and and, and I think it. It you know you've hit the nail on the head. I think it's going to take the Glazers to go, but but given yeah. the fact that they've been protested from day one by the fans, protests old hat. Where the fuck do you go now? Like you know, it's a really it's a really tough, tough, tough position. And, and so, you know, it's really hard to see any light at the end of the tunnel, other than you know I'm talking complete root and branch change. Um, you know, like we used to talk in the 80s about the Liverpool way and all the rest of it. And we, you know, why we're nearly sort of in a model of it today, it's been completely re- remodeled at the same time. Um, and and how, how we do business, we had to, to move with modern football. And United need to do the same. And I don't think they can even start to arrest the problems under the Glaciers. No, I think there's, there's, a, there's a massive issue here. And I think you only need to look at Manchester City, who are probably the slickest run club. Let's set aside the potential controversies, but they're the slickest run club probably in Europe. The controversies right now. could put a hole in your argument though, Dave. They could, they could, <laughs> but essentially they are. They're, they're the slickest run club. And how long with all and with all of that money and all of those things that you're talking about, how long did it take them to battle themselves to the point where they were, you know, champions and 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 regularly making the Champions League. The guts of 10 years. And I potentially think that's where Manchester United could be now. But on that, we'll wrap it up. Probably not have as much fun talking about whoever we'll talk about next week. But oh, it has um, to be we'll Chelsea, do... Dave. We'll, we'll, have, we'll have to have a look at Lampard's Chelsea. It'd be a bit of All right. Yeah, we'll look at Lampard's Chelsea next week. All right. So, Dave, thanks very much for your company. A pleasure. Sorry, I was on mute there, Foxy. <laughs> <laughs> a pleasure That's all right. good 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 Dave thanks very much for your company uh, expensive as it is but you're very welcome <laughs> no, it's, no it's no problem at all um, I will, uh, I'll get on the mail now I'm banging shortly afterwards um, okay um, guys thanks very much uh, for those of you who have listened um, fuck the mindset of the Reds <laughs> <laughs>